0: Welcome to the Regeneration Newsroom podcast of March, 2019. This is a joint venture between the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture podcast and Ethan Soloviev's Regeneration Newsroom, where we, Ethan Soloviev and myself, Kun van go through the most interesting regeneration news items of this month. Welcome back. Ethan, for whoever hasn't listened to our previous podcast, would you like to introduce uh, yourself very briefly and then I will do the same with me?
1: Sure. I am a farmer in upstate New York in the United States. I'm also the executive vice president of research at HowGood, where we track sustainability data and analytics for over a million products in the world. We have the world's largest food sustainability database. I'm also an author working primarily in regenerative agriculture. I've written a number of pieces. I'm starting to work on a book and have a new paper coming out soon. Kuhn, introduce yourself.
0: I'm a senior manager at Tonic, which is a global uh, community of active impact investors. I'm a senior manager here in Europe, where I'm responsible for about half of our members and our events. And I work at an asset manager. My a partner in Milan, focused on regen egg and food in Italy. And I host the podcast series Investing in Regenerative Agriculture since 2017. And we're back this time with the news of the last few months and specifically of March, 2019. And when I was looking through the newsletter, the first thing that really caught my eye was that there's multiple, certifi- multiple certifications and initiatives coming up to to really which are really outcome-based. And I think one of the main ones that's starting to catch on is, is Savory's Land to Market. What did
1: you see there, Ethan? There was an important announcement uh, in the last couple of months from Applegate, who is launching a new set of products through a new platform called the New Food Collective, that out the gate is starting with the American grass fed association certification, which is one of the highest bars for, you know, grass fed grazing of animals. And they also said in their announcement, this is where we're starting, but we're going to head towards the savory land to market initiative, uh, which is the first ecological outcomes verification, the first real chance to show actual regeneration on the ground. And I really, I think it's really important to note, not only that they're doing it, but that they're telling the story of their journey. And I think that's going to be more and more important as citizens around the world, as consumers look towards transparency. They don't just want to know what certification did you get. They want to know what's the story, what's the journey that you took to get there. And so I think it's great that Applegate's leading in this way.
0: Yeah, and I saw the pictures on the website. I mean, the new food initiative, they, they look amazing. And I think they quoted something like, for food porn, you need land porn, etc. Beautiful pictures. Definitely check them out. But the big News there probably is is that they are moving towards, meaning that it's not so easy to get there, and they hopefully are going to keep us posted on on the setbacks, but also the challenges and and the, the victories they 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 encounter as they're moving pieces of their supply chain. Because I don't think they're going to go all in immediately, but at least they're announcing something and a start, which I think is, is interesting. And and actually, it wasn't the only initiative that that got some attention uh, this month, right?
1: Yeah, at Expo West, Natural Products Expo West, uh, at the beginning of this month, uh, a group launched a new standard that is called the Soil Carbon Initiative. And this is the second outcomes-based standard that's going to hit the market. From now until May 5th, they're in an open comment period, so anyone can read the standard and subscribe. Submit con- comments on it. Uh, I think it's actually really exciting. It is purely soil focused. They're not calling themselves regenerative. They're not even saying sustainable. They're just saying, let's build the health and vitality of soils and let's measure it rigorously, scientifically, and in a way that any farmer can participate. You don't have to be organic. Have to know what agroforestry is you as a farmer in anywhere even mechanized you know tillage crops can think about and learn and they're actually making education and learning part of the standard how to improve your soil and get all the benefits that go along with that so i think this is a very forward thinking it's outcomes based there's different levels of testing that you can do from just simple observations that could be done you know low tech on the ground anywhere to you know more university laboratory based specific technology, um, to really check soil carbon and aggregate stability, microbial biomass. Um, I guess I should also say there, if you didn't happen to be at Expo West to see it, they're doing a free webinar coming up, uh, and the link will be in the newsroom that you can register and basically see their whole presentation on the standard. And and I think I would invite anybody
0: active in soil carbon uh, to, to read the standard, to read the proposal, and, and actively comment on it because this is really a chance for, for the sector to get involved with some of the very big players because it's Ben & Jerry's owned by Unilever, it's uh, what was the other one Danone obviously, and so these are this is a chance to at least on the soil part to really participate in, in what's hopefully going to be a very strict standard and a very scientific one um, to counter a lot of uh, claims that have been made in the past years etc. around regen or or at least soil building in general.
1: Yeah, and I think that heads you towards something we were chatting about bit before, uh, about companies and their sort of role in this movement.
0: So I think it's, it's a general feeling I had when I was reading the, the newsroom or when I see a lot of the, the info um, with the hashtag regeneration or regenerative ag, is that companies will, will or are, seem to be leading the change. And we'll be driving this. But at the same time, there's an incredible amount of, I don't know how you say it in English, hot air or blah, blah, blah around it that a lot of companies are claiming to be regenerative or we're on our way without actually saying anything around it. Maybe they're somewhat organic. Maybe they're not even that. Maybe they're somewhat better than the standard. But I I see the emptying almost of the the term Um, um, really through the newsletter you shared uh, this, this month. Is that something I only see? Is that my pessimistic view? Or
1: you, you see the same? No, no. This is, I mean, both sides of that I totally agree on. A, that companies are leading and that this is really different from organic, right? The organic movement was led by farmers. It was led by, you know, concerned citizens and, and people who eat food really wanting and pushing this forward. But at least so far in, in regenerative ag, the companies, the corporations, the, the larger businesses that are making the food products, they are the ones that are pushing it forward in a at least in the most public way. Why why is that? Why is it you know, I think I think they see a couple things. I think they see what's happening with climate change and that people are concerned about it and that they have a perceived approach and solution to it, or at least part of it. But then I also think, you know, that they see the money. I think they see the financial writing on the wall, and we'll talk about that a bit later. From from some of my research in the last couple of months on the, the data, the quantitative side of sales and regeneration, um, but I think there's money to be made while doing good for the world, which overall I'm definitely not opposed to. Uh, but I am skeptical of a lot of what's being put out there. You know, there's a new launch this month from uh, somebody who was the COO, I think, and and one of the founders of Blue Apron, who's launching a new quote unquote regenerative chicken farm, but I couldn't tell anything regenerative about it. Their definition of regenerative... I saw the video. There's nothing in it. It's like chickens
0: that are happy, but it's nothing about soil, nothing about the feed of the chickens, like the basic three questions you would ask. It's... Yeah, they, they maybe seem better off than a factory farm chicken, obviously. But yeah, they mentioned regenerative without giving any. And I saw a few other articles, I think, in in your newsroom as well, that that are empty with. There's just a word, and and maybe a bit better than the standard conventional plowing, etc. But not, nothing, not even soil is mentioned.
1: No, and I think there's a couple good articles that lay this out. One from Grist um, and another from Agfunder that basically say. Regenerative agriculture, is this a really great new thing or just a big marketing ploy? And I think it's useful to have that conversation. I think it's useful for us to be discerning. I don't want regenerative agriculture to get quickly dumbed down and banalized into something that's just a tiny bit better or not even, even as good as, as a certified organic. Uh, so I think us having this discussion and discerning between what's happening is really important. Like we mentioned earlier, I think Applegate's doing a great job at sort of telling the whole story. Um, but then it's also fun to see the, the sort of back and forth in the New York Times, you know, full page ad in the New York Times where Cliff Bar called out one of its competitors, Kind Bar, for not using organic ingredients. And you know, Kind Bar came back at them and said, well, your products are mostly made of rice syrup, which is just sugar. And you know, it's kind of funny, maybe it's confusing to consumers, but you know what, I'm actually glad that people are talking about this and arguing about, you know, food and health and soil is much better than much of the current political dialogue, if you can even call it that. So I'm overall happy.
0: No, absolutely. And I think it gets back to the, I mean, it's a discussion we had before as well. Like, is it good to to call some things organic, even if they're... Maybe we call them only five percent or ten percent. Actually, we don't know what one hundred percent is, but it, it's good. You see these initiatives—the ones we mentioned before, land to market, zero carbon initiative, and, and some others—that are actually trying to quantify and actually trying. Okay, how we're going to measure this, and and probably we're going to find that it's very very difficult and very slow. And so all the lof- lofty goals—we're going to be one hundred percent regenerative very soon, etc. Are going to be very tricky. But at least, hopefully, some of these things we we can we can ha- hold these companies accountable at some point, like. General Mills announcing a million acres regenerative. A million we can me- measure, very. Um, also at Expo, we can measure that quite quickly, but we obviously don't know what they mean by regenerative. But that's something we can also, at some point, uh, start asking the question. It's at least a goal, I think. And we can argue how far they're going to push it, how many trees are going to be planted, what kind of agroforestry systems they're going to do or not, and, and that kind of thing. But I think that those steps do create a platform Of hopefully pushing these companies further and further down the regenerative.
1: I think so too and I think General Mills, you know they said advancing regenerative agriculture on a million acres and so there are many different things that that could mean and
0: Depends where you start as well. Yeah,
1: exactly And I think you know, they've been good at at least in their earlier work You know one of their earlier sort of standards from Annie's which is a a company owned by General Mills was a farmer self-assessment which I really like. It's important for farmers to be able to be thinking about it and making choices on their own and also choosing, you know, sort of which, which stream of regenerative agriculture they want to engage with. Um, yeah,
0: because I think there's, I mean, honestly, a lot of these things feel a lot regenerative light between brackets. Like it's, it's some steps, some cover crops and and et cetera. But to really go down the line, I mean, you, you're calling the soil profits uh, lineage in, in your piece to really push it further and deeper, et cetera um there that's a journey and that's a huge undertaking which you're not doing in a few years with with a, a small rotational change etc but it's also the question do we want or are these companies these large companies because if we're saying they're going to lead the change or they're leading at least the public change at the moment are they ever going to be able to really go regenerative is a ben and jerry's physically <laughs> structurally able to do that and do we want to Mm-hmm. yeah no, I think it's it's, but it's going to be. I mean, we need to keep a very strict eye on 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 them. I mean, the Blue Apron founders, of course, it's it's interesting and funny to make fun of the chickens. But the the General Mills announcement. Hope what are they going to measure and and who are the, what kind of certification or or standards are they going to use? Uh, hopefully, publicly to to measure their journey. And I hope more will do, like Applegate, actually, publish their journey and their difficulties because there are many companies that that might. Keep that in house, which is a shame. Great, and actually on the consumer piece, because you mentioned um, one of the main reasons these companies are moving into the space is that they see a potential or a real uh, consumer interest in regeneration or in regenerative products. And you published or you pr- presented something on on Expo West right on that piece on some research you've done.
1: Yeah, this is really interesting. In the last couple of months, uh, my day job at How Good. We looked at an aggregate sort of ranking or scoring of sustainability attributes and chose products. We have about a million products in the database, and we looked to say which one is achieving the most of these sustainability attributes. I'm not going to really call those products regenerative. I don't think there are any regenerative food products at scale in the marketplace right now. But I said, well, these are the ones that are furthest on the pathway towards regeneration. And if you look at those and you take those top 5,000 products out of a million and then track how they are doing in the marketplace versus their category. So, you know, how is the most sustainable, the furthest towards regeneration yogurt, doing compared to everything else in yogurt, uh, you'll see that the most regenerative products are doing awesome. They are outpacing their categories by uh, up to 170 percent Over the five-year period that we were looking at. Different categories, it's different amounts. You know, it's anywhere from 10% ahead of the the overall category to uh you know 150%. And it's just amazing to see how much that is driving things. And then you can dive down, and even in something specific like yogurt, depending on which attributes you're achieving, are you getting non-GMO? Are you getting organic? those are good. Those will bump you up a few percentage points in sales compared to the category. But if you hit the, you know, grass fed dairy going into it, that particular attribute was predictive of uh, over a 200% growth overall compared to the category. So it's really cool to see that even in the marketplace, and this is based on syndicated sales data from uh, an outfit called Nielsen that tracks this. So this is based on Grocery stores, not just small local co-ops, this is the big players all across the entire United States over a five-year period, products that are more sustainable, that are further on the path to regeneration are selling better in the marketplace. And that is, I think, good news for what everybody here is working on.
0: Yeah, because all of these companies obviously are, are going to launch or are launching products which have to be, especially if you're large, probably sold and at large Uh, large supermarkets and large uh, grocery change.
1: Right and depending on what category you're in and what category you're designing products for you need to know you know specifically which sustainability attributes are resonating. Sometimes you know in some categories it's fair trade in other categories it's a combination of you know clean ingredients, preservative free uh, and minimal processing. So depending on the category and how sort of the most regenerative products are doing in that category will help brands figure out what to focus on and how to drive growth. Um, I'll make sure to link to the how good page where you can download just a simple one page report that shows the performance of, of the most regenerative products in all the different categories that we were able to study.
0: That would be great, yeah. And to finish off this newsroom podcast, um, as always, we look at upcoming events. I mean, we mentioned uh, an event in the past, the Expo, um, but what's upcoming um, both in Europe and in the U.S.? First in March.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Just a couple of key events. One coming up really soon, the Living Soil Symposium in Montreal. in canada march 28 to 31st i'm speaking on a small panel there uh joel salatin will be there other folks doing holistic management this was a really big fun you know mix of farmers and activists and businesses uh, when they did it last time two years ago and so i'm excited to present there it's going to be you know just at the end of this week by the time you're hearing this podcast
0: yeah, and actually in London, there's a very interesting event uh, organized by Soil Capital and the City of London, so the financial city of London, actually, financing regenerative agriculture on the on April 8th. Um, it's invite only, so make sure you, if you want to go, try and get an invite. But it will be Danone speaking, actually, their uh, head of nature and sustainability finance director, uh, Sacha Tripathi, the assistant Ge- secretary general of the United Nations um, Environmental Programme, who I interviewed on their project in India Chuck, the Liederkerker, CEO of Soil Capital, will be speaking, who I also interviewed. And Jeremy Grantham, the the co-founder of GMO, is invited, but not confirmed yet, as we are recording this podcast. But already these three plus Jeremy, I think, will make it into a very, very interesting mix. So we're looking forward to hear from whoever is going, um, what was discussed and what was learned there.
1: And the last event I would point to is one coming up in May, at the end of May, in the Bay Area, Uh, which is Transform Climate, Communities, Capital. And this event, it comes from the producer of SOCAP, the Social Capital Markets Conference, which has grown in the last 20 years to this massive, you know, super important event for impact investors. Uh, And he sold SOCAP and has gone on to start this new project that is focusing on regeneration, regenerative agriculture, investment, the transformation of land and cities, Uh, And as part of that event, it just released a list that I worked on that is a list of all regenerative agriculture, forestry and agroforestry funds that are out there and operating in the world. And there's about 40 funds globally that we found for that list and have a little bit of data about assets under management and size of acres invested in and are going to be expanding some of those Uh, funds will actually be at the conference. So I'm pretty excited for that. I'll be there as well, May 22nd to 24th in California.
0: Sounds amazing. And there are still tickets for that, I imagine.
1: Yeah, still available, going quick.
0: Great. And I think the last piece is that I launched my Patreon account. So for the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture podcast, I've been recording that next to my paid job, um, so I could dedicate about one day a month to it, which means I record about one episode a month. But I'm looking to scale that to, to actually more because there's so many more stories to tell around regen food and egg and how to put our money to work. So I have a Patreon community live and already some great supporters. And I invite you obviously to to check that out and see if it's something for you to to join. And we'll put a link in the show notes and also on the newsletter.
1: Thanks everybody for listening in. As always, if there's any news we missed, Uh, or any news you have upcoming that you'd like to be covered here first, shoot us an email, get in touch, and thanks for tuning in. Thank
0: you so much. See you next time.